signs of inflation. They seem to be everywhere. Tuesday, we had retail sales out and Home Depot and Walmart. And Macy's said uh, stuff is just flying off the shelves. Meanwhile, we've seen lumber cool off a little bit, but that's hitting historic highs. Crude's at a two-plus year high. Copper is soaring. And uh, it complicates an economy, complicates some of the roles of monetary policy, too, you'd think. Rob Kaplan is the CEO of the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas and has been since September the 8th of 2015, which is several lifetimes. It's good to have you with us. Good to talk to you, David. You've seen a lot since 2015. Yes, we have. So right now, uh, we've got this odd situation with, you know, weak, numbers looking in in employment but we've got this this signs of inflation right now how does it how does it impact your roles well the employment report uh we knew going into it that there were and my staff had to their credit had warned me that they saw a number of supply issues uh you know two we think two million uh people 55 years and older have indicated they've retired a million and a half women with children who are home and the unemployment benefits. So we've got we've got more of a supply issue in our view than a demand issue in the labor market. Uh, and so in a, in a way, those two reports we thought went together, i.e. the employment report and the inflation report were not inconsistent with one another at all. In fact, we think they, they all indicate we've got supply demand issues that come with reopening the economy, uh, it's going to take a while for the labor supply demand to balance out. We've got lots of material issues. Um, and the long and the short of it is um, we're going to have elevated inflation prints, uh, not just because of year over year comparisons, but we think even through the end of the year. So there's a lot of uncertainty here. But the, the word that we've we've heard the, the chairman use frequently is, is transitory, that this is a result of a snapback in an economy from a terrible period from a recession, but that it's not long lasting. And of course, the, the concern always about inflation is, historically what they say is, once you see inflation, it's too late to do anything about it. Where are we? Right. I'd say the jury, for us here at the Dallas Fed, we've been saying, I think the jury's out on how uh, on the persistence of this. And some of this, in fact, we think uh, may be persistent. Um, and so that's why we say even beyond the base effects and the reopening effects, we think we think there are other fundamental things going on. So I said a number of times, my job is not to predict the, the, the future with 100 percent accuracy because I know I can't. But it is, therefore, to realize there's a range of outcomes. Don't get wedded uh, analytically to any one of them and manage the risks. And so I come from a business background and and therefore risk management and avoiding tail risks is always high on my list. And and getting out in front of a situation, I, I in looking at the dot plot, you know, all uh, all voting Fed member, everybody that's part of the Federal Reserve Open Market Committee puts in their guesstimates about, you know, what's what's going to happen with interest rates. And you've got interest rates going up sooner than than most members. Yeah. So, so what I've said a number of times, the best analogy I can think of, I'd rather take my foot, foot off the accelerator in order to avoid having to hit the brakes down the road. And so, uh, and again, adjusting our asset purchases and taking other steps 
it's simply we're still accelerating and we're still highly accommodative. I'm just talking about taking my foot off the accelerator uh, so that we can adjust. Because if you have to actually hit the brakes, the history is showing uh, it, it, it'll have a jarring effect on the economy. Uh, and it may, in fact, impede our ability to sustainably reach full employment and price stability. And so I'd rather I'd rather gradually and earlier rather than later start easing off the accelerator. Yeah, I mean, the challenge seems to be greater than normal. I mean, there's a, everybody's talked about a K-shaped recovery. And you always have very wealthy and you always have poor people. But it looks like coming out of this, we've got a wider gap. Uh, the people who've been able to work remotely or actually benefit uh, right, right. During, have, have done extremely well. And by That's the same right. token, there are a whole lot of people that, uh, you know, waiters and other people that just were out of work. And so it's hard to see. It's hard to see doing one thing that won't overly negatively impact one side. Yeah. But, so but here's my view. Um, a, a year ago or six months ago, there, there weren't there weren't the options for those people to go back to work. Today, we have strong enough demand and we're reopening, okay? And uh, so the economy is doing a lot of the work now for us. Uh, my own view is actions you took in a crisis, extraordinary steps. Uh, I think when you're in a ditch, as you're climbing out of the ditch and you're starting to see that you're out of the ditch, Again, you're, you're going to want to adjust your yeah. RPMs uh, as you're climbing out of that. So a lot of it is understanding where we are and we're at a different stage. And those workers you just talked about that, that were living on unemployment benefits, they have options now. They have job options. There's, there's significant demand. And in fact, companies are telling us, and not only them, Head Start directors, community leaders are telling us, there are plenty of options, multiple options for those workers. The um, this this seems like an unusual period. I don't know that there's precedent for this, and, and I, you have a staff that that researches such such things. Are there, there really guide- isn't precedent? There is no. Well, when I say there's no precedent, there's there's snippets of the past, but but again, th- this is not the Great Recession or the aftermath of it. And so the first thing we, we're, I'm quick to say is don't use the Great Recession or the aftermath of it as a template for this. That was, a, that, that was sluggish because we, we didn't have demand. Households were over leveraged. Consumer in spending was yeah. lower. And it took a number of years for it to get back. Consumer spending in this one never went down. Uh, we don't have a demand issue as much as a supply, as a supply issue. And as a result of that, the solutions are going to be different than the aftermath. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen the savings rate as high as it is right now either. Right. And that's, of course, that's a function of fear, you, you, one would think. And, and historically large fiscal response. Okay, so part of it, people are spending too, by the way. So, you no, know, I, I don't know that it's fear as much as, yeah, people relatively are saving but they're spending too. The spending numbers are strong. Yeah. And I, I think it tells me you got a lot of money in circulation. You got lots of uh, liquidity been put in the system by us. You got a historic fiscal response and more coming. 
and um, and so we're we're going to have uh, we have solid we have strong demand. I think some of the fiscal stimulus will will wind down, but at the same time that's happening, more and more people will be getting employed, and the consumer will be strengthened because of the increase in employment. You know, the other thing it seems like it's happened just almost all of a sudden is this supply chain disruption. Every place you look. It's showing up. It was obvious with the semiconductors and all these automobiles that are partially finished because they don't have those. But now you've got, you know, lumber mills that are not working and cement plants that are not functioning. And now there's uh, disruption in coal mines in Chile that are and, and you can't find shipping containers. This is something you got to deal with, too. You know, it does. And part of the issue is so you've got the normal you've got supply demand issues, which you'd expect coming out of of reopening but you also have an issue where the rest of the world isn't recovering in in a lot of places they've still got a virus problem they're like we were they're they're back where we were last year and so that also is having a disruptive effect so the sooner the rest of the world recovers that will also help uh, stabilize and uh, rebalance some of these supply demand imbalances too let me end by going to our backyard here, Texas. I mean, we're the beneficiary of lots of in-migration and lots of construction. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, every day I talk to somebody who's opening up a new bank in this, in this state. Uh, are we in are we risking overheating here? Uh, the, the good news about Texas is, as you said, we've got the migration of people and firms to the state. Uh to the extent that we've got to be very vigilant about inflation, yes, Texas will not be immune to that problem. If there are excesses and imbalances, we're seeing it in the housing market, for example. Uh, but but we've got the the, in, the migration and you've got all the other excesses in housing. So, yeah, we have to keep an eye on it. Uh, I'm op- very optimistic about the growth prospects for Texas for many years. But, yeah, the same issues we talked about for the country, we've got to We've got to be aware of and, and keep an eye on here. At least you got the Permian Basin back alive and well, right? Yes. But the only issue there, that's a good example. Uh, you know, you're not going to see the jump in production uh, that you'd normally expect with this increase in prices because, as you know, industry can't attract capital. They promise to return a higher percentage of their, their cash flow. And so you're going to see the demand increase, the, the supply increase be muted in response. So I'm, You've got some upward pressure there too. So that's the more inflationary pressure, evidently. If you can't yeah. if you can't meet the demand, you could unless it's OPEC moves. Fascinating times. Rob Kaplan is the president, the CEO of the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas. We always enjoy our visits. Thank you very much for the time. Thanks, Thanks, David. Good to talk to you. For more of our conversation with Mr. Kaplan, go to krld.com/ceo. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.